0: All right, man, and uh, welcome to another episode of Sports Bears from an Agent's Perspective. All right, you're with your host, Zila, a.k.a. Chester Mbekela. And, and uh, yeah, episode number 79, man, episode number 79. Um, today's episode will be <laughs> a little different, all right? No interviews, uh, no recaps, because, well, the J-League season is done and dusted, so... Um, Today, we're actually going to talk about um, just, you know, the significance of the off season period. All right. But um, yeah, before we go into that, um, we're definitely going to go on to a commercial break. Um, So stay tuned. And yeah, you know, full disclaimer, before we go on to the break, today's episode is literally off the cuff, (laughs) you know, no preparation. Um, I just woke up nice and early it's a beautiful beautiful um, late autumn's you know morning here in Japan it's getting a little chilly but um, yeah I woke up early today man Uh, six o'clock and um, I just you know felt the urge to you know create an episode so if I do tend to you know drift off or off topic a little bit I promise you (laughs) I will return to the point I'm trying to drive home but uh, yeah, today's episode is off the cuff, but I like doing off the cuff episodes because um, literally it's stuff that's pouring out of me. Then you literally know um, that, yeah, it's, it's literally stuff that, that literally comes into mind at that very point in time. And I just, you know, blurt it out um, and say it out not to say that the other episodes aren't coming from me as well but it's i literally structure them they're more structured today literally off the cuff unplanned all right so stay tuned and don't go anywhere see you guys after the break this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. if you think you might be feeling depressed stressed anxious or overwhelmed better help is here to help i know you know from my personal experience man when i was an athlete when i was a player you know there'd be times i would go through you know feelings of like stress and anxiety you know stress to perform you know stress to play well to make sure you play for that next contract and you know i really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations, and just have an objective party to talk to, right? BetterHelp, man, it's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. You know, you're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, online environment, at your convenience. So it's literally therapy. Um, wherever you may be you know um, there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area you just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours imagine that under 48 hours then you schedule uh, secure video and phone sessions, and then uh, plus, you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist, um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using a platform um, like BetterHelp again, you know, is just their response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then, you know. My therapist uh, mark is so efficient um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. all right and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the current like the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you all right so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist you can actually request to change so. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Right. Special offer to sports beers from an agent's perspective, podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash KZ Mbekela. All right, that's H E L P dot com slash k z m b e k e l a Bekela Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, and welcome back. Um, Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, before um, we took a little bit of a commercial break. that, you know, again, you know, today, today's episode is literally off the cuff, unplanned um, We're going to dive deep and just focus, you know, on the significance and importance of the off-season period, you know um, But yeah, before we go into that, obviously it's exciting times now um, You know, with the World Cup in full swing all the way in Qatar but I don't know, <laughs> I'm just not feeling the same buzz, you know, regarding this World Cup, um, you know, compared to, you know, World Cups in the past. And it's got me wondering, is it because of the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, is it because of the fact that um, it's at a different time of the year? Because I think in all the times that the World Cup has ever been held, it's never been held Um in the autumn time, well according to you know the, the northern hemisphere um, sort of calendar, you know, it's always been considered a summer a summer tournament in the northern hemisphere. obviously for us people who grew up in South Africa, <clears throat> it was always known as you know a winter World Cup because it would always be you know between June, June, July or July August ish yeah july august ish so sorry guys excuse me about that all right so yeah with that being said so i think it's a fact that honestly it's held at a different time of the year but also man i think the location as well because you know (laughs) and you hear this on social media so many people are just complaining about the um the time frame, I mean, no, no, not the time frame, the fact that, you know, there's no alcohol at these, um, at basically this World Cup, you know, so it just gets you thinking that, okay, is that the only thing that makes the World Cup, <laughs> you know, but um yeah, just in terms of buzz wise, I mean, people are watching, obviously, I mean, it's a big tournament, it's a major tournament, it's the biggest stage in the world. And I always say this: that as much as it's a tournament that's every four years, truth of the matter is, there is no tournament um, that holds, you know, magnitude—the amount of magnitude that a World Cup does. You know, it's it's a tournament that always changes. You know, players' lives. If you shine at a World Cup, that's a guaranteed payday. After that. You know, so many careers have been launched, so many breakthroughs for certain players have been achieved at World Cups because every, you know, it's literally, you know, um, where the world is watching, hence World Cup, you know, that's where I think as a brand as well, if we're going to talk commercially, uh, not to stray too far from the point, That's where commercially as a brand, you're probably going to make your most amount of revenue because you've got so many eyeballs on, you know, um, on the tournament watching. So I think as a brand, that is the one tournament you definitely want to be advertising your company, you know, and I imagine that's where a lot of the brands make a lot of the revenue. And I'm sure that's when a lot of the, um, you know, basically the world cup um how can i say the board or the you know the, um, the confederation or the federation that's where they make their most amount of revenue because i mean you can charge an adver- you can charge an advertiser an arm and a leg to make sure they get advertising space during the world cup so i totally get it you know um but yeah, I still haven't felt that World Cup buzz, man. Um, the same buzz I felt, you know, back in 98. That was the first World Cup I watched. I mean, in 1994, I was, I was six years old. So I wasn't, even, I wasn't even thinking of a World Cup. Um, but in 98, when I was 10 years old, I, man, I just, I just still remember the atmosphere, um, and I think what also made the '98 one special was the fact that South Africa was in it for the for the first time as well. Um, but yeah, I I just remember the buzz, you know, of excitement um, regarding that World Cup, um, and also 2002 as well. You know, again, 2006, I was already you know on my rugby. You know, I was, I was on my rugby tunnel vision, but I still always made time to watch the World Cup, so I could still say I was excited about the 06 one, but not so much. '2010 one, <laughs> oh, man. '2014, I still felt the buzz. The '2018 one, um, half and half, half and half. You know, I think I was, I was getting back to my love for soccer, being back in Japan, and Japan being such. And sorry, not being back in Japan, living in Japan since uh, Japan was, is um, a football loving nation. So I got to watch a lot of the games and then it made me sort of like fall back in love with the game of soccer. So I always accredit, you know, uh, my move to Japan for just my love, my returning love for football, you know. Um, but we'll see, man, I think. As the tournament, I mean, it literally started like two days ago. So I, I get why it's taking time to pick up momentum. Um, but yeah, hopefully as the tournament goes ahead, man, you know, we'll be able to really uh, bask, you know, in the ambiance of, you know, um, the excitement of the Soccer World Cup, you know. Crossing, yeah, crossing fingers, crossing fingers for it But obviously, you know, as a tournament starts to peak I always start enjoying it, to be honest with you When it starts reaching the playoff stages Like the, you know, the quarterfinals Or, yeah, quarterfinals, semifinals And I think the last, I think it's the last 16 Something like that Also, yeah, when you start getting to those Knockout stages, I start to enjoy them Because that's when emotions are running high That's when you know, you start to, the players as well, I think that's when form-wise they start to peak, you know. So, um, yeah, so for sure, that's a part I start to love. Um, but hey, for those who did make it to the World Cup, um, well, depending on which, you know, where in, the, in, in which uh, country you're in, um, you're, you're basically in your off-season or in your break, You know, for example, over here in Japan, and I know in the US as well, and in other nations, the season runs from like February until November, December-ish. So, but obviously this year, because it's World Cup year, um, the season started a little bit earlier to accommodate the World Cup, knowing you know, knowing that it was going to be November. So for a lot of the guys that didn't make the world cup squads they are either on break or in the off season right now i know if you're playing in europe in the euro leagues they're pretty much on a break mid-season break you know um whereas on any other given year it would be vice versa they would literally be oh actually yeah in, in in every other year they would actually be in their off season and then in countries like Japan and the US, they would pretty much be in a mid-season break. So yeah, the roles have been reversed now. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting to see. But um, yeah, getting back to my point. So in some of the, the, the tournaments and the leagues, they're in the off-season. So for the players that did make the, the World Cup squad, obviously they're going to get couple of weeks rest with their families i'm sure guys are going to travel um really enjoy their downtime you know but you know before i really dive deep into this i have to mention this because it was just it's so significant and i promise you it's got nothing to do with football you know so (laughs) don't switch off but um you know last night when i was listening to uh, well, watching and listening to um, a very large podcast Podcast and Chill with Mac G The biggest podcast in Africa Biggest podcast in South Africa And um, they had this guest on the show Eugene Kozan Comedian guy, you know And I'm basically going to drive home Why I'm talking about something that is completely unrelated to, you know, um, sport As this is a sporting podcast But um I, I can't get over, you know, what Eugene was talking about. Um, he basically talked about his ayahuasca experience, you know. And man, this, this, uh, you know, it, it, it was just so powerful what he was talking about. So basically what he talked about was the fact that when he had his ayahuasca experience, totally unplanned, he went to drop off his ex-girlfriend there and then he ended up actually staying because the person who was supposed to attend the ayahuasca didn't pitch up and so he ended up being that 10th person in that ayahuasca experience and man he just basically talks about obviously drinking a certain blend of this ayahuasca and then having just an out of this world experience you know and what you can deduce from what he was talking about was the fact that because he took ayahuasca, he was basically able to, I don't know, sort of see his past life, so to speak, you know. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, for anyone listening to this for the first time, it's a while, you know, it, this is something wild to even comprehend. But I don't want to lie, man, I've always thought about the whole... um not multiverse but you know parallel universe and pre you know sort of like past life experiences previous life experiences that obviously the bodies that we're in now yes they are of this time but i've always wondered you know um, regarding the fact that you know with our souls is this really the first time we've been here you know and the more you know, you, you get to understand life and the universe. When the the more you you starting to think that, mm, maybe we've been here before, you know. Maybe we've been here before. And the reason why I say this, you know, say this, is what Eugene made reference to, you know, when he talked about the certain you know the different experiences he had in his previous lives. The fact that you know he was carrying pillars and stuff like that, which was referenced to you know, maybe him living in a time of ancient Egyptians and then also making reference to um, also living like in medieval times where he was addressing a large crowd and then obviously was stabbed in the back and he was killed and all that stuff. And then to what he does now where he's still addressing large crowds as a, um, a comedian, you know, And then it just got me thinking. And then again, he goes one step further to say that everything that you are doing now, you've you've chosen this again from your previous life. And that just made me think. And then he goes on to talk about that when you really think about it, there are just some things in this lifetime, in the body that you're in now, that you are able to do and you can't explain how you're able to do them. You know, I don't know if you guys have had that experience, man, but I definitely can attest to it. And I understand what he's talking about, because honestly, man, when I I honestly believe in my spirit that when I moved to Japan, that is when I experienced my real spiritual awakening. And no, I'm not talking about Christianity here. I'm talking about really the core spiritual awakening where There are just some things I've been able to do here in Japan that I don't know how I know how to do them, but I know how to do them. You know, and I, and I'll, you know, and I'll mention these things. For example, you know, things like writing, man, I had never, before I came to Japan, I had never, ever, ever thought about, you know, um, dabbling into writing. I had never thought about such but when I moved here I just got the sudden urge that you know what I want to write a book about my experience of playing you know um, pro and semi-pro sports in so many different countries I want to write about these experiences obviously because I was raw and I didn't study for this thing you know I wasn't that good to start off with but the more I did it you know the better I got You know, and now in 2022, I had the amazing experience of writing for the number one English um, magazine here in Japan. You know, freelance writing for them. You know, and this is something I never studied. I never studied. Obviously, I could say that, okay, maybe this is a gift that was passed down because both my parents were also writers as well. So maybe it's a gift I inherited. But still, you know, how did my, you know, how did my brain know how to structure everything? And then I go a step further, you know, things like broadcasting. Before I jumped on a podcast, how did I know what to do? How did I know how to structure um, and, you know, sequence everything I talk about on a podcast? How did I know how to do it? you know, so this goes back to what Eugene was talking about, that maybe this is not the first time I'm doing all of this, and then I'm going to go one step further, so last year, after I became a sports agent, um last year, you know, I was struggling to sleep for some odd reason, and this this was around last year's summer, 2021, August, yeah, last year's summer, August, where for for like 10 days i was struggling to fall asleep obviously i would eventually fall asleep and stuff like that but my sleeping patterns were in shambles and then this one day i woke up in the middle of the night man and i just got on my computer and i just started designing the website i just started designing what was then you know limitless athlete you know, I started designing the social network for athletes. Um, building this website, I never used, you know, um, an IT guy. I designed it myself. You know, so, the, so I'm asking myself, how did I know what to do when it came to web design? Because nobody taught me. I didn't go to school for it. A friend of mine told me about a platform that I could use to design websites but I literally sat down and I just started doing it so I asked myself so when Eugene was talking about all of this yesterday that there are just certain things that you can't explain that how do I know how to do this and for me that was sort of like the you know sort of like spiritual awakening that I felt like I was like you know what I clearly had the spiritual awakening as well. But obviously, I didn't take any ayahuasca. But I think just the environment of being here in Japan just allowed me to sort of like, I don't know, have this awakening of doing these things that I can't explain how I knew how to do them. And then a month ago, I just started um, game creation. Nobody taught me how to design video games. I just sat down and I just started doing it. I can't explain how I started doing these things. So it's weird. You know, I don't want to lie, man. I'd really love to to try that ayahuasca thing because I really think that um, a lot of the questions that I've had, you know, just about the universe and life and, you know about, you know, past lives, you, you know, previous lives and all that parallel universes. I think all those things would be answered because, honestly, when Eugene talked about that, I could relate because I can't explain how I know how to do these things. I really can't. You know? And, I, I mean, um, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't want um I'm going to go like, an extra step further (laughs) and say that even you know with regards to to rugby man yeah i'm not the great i'm not out here saying that i'm the greatest rugby player ever and stuff like that but when i think about my journey with rugby as well i also can attest to what eugene was talking about I started playing rugby in 1999 as an 11 year old. My first year, I played C team rugby. A year later, I was playing B team rugby. And I also got a couple of minutes playing for the A side. The next year, I was a full-time A team rugby player. So in a space of three years, I did something where when I got to, you know, um, to Queens College primary, there were guys who had been there in grade one that had never even played B team. And in a space of three years in primary school, I was already playing at the highest level in junior school. So clearly this was something that maybe my soul remembered how to do. You know, yes, you could say maybe a bit of talent had something to do with it and stuff like that. But honestly, man, um, what Eugene talked about, it made a whole lot of sense to me. And I'm sure there's many of you out there that are sitting with gifts or just abilities that nobody taught you. You didn't go to university. You didn't even get any vocational training for it. But funny enough, you just knew how to do it. And I think that's where the whole thing of previous lives and everything comes into play, man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, I don't want to dive too deep into that. Um, I don't want guys to start thinking, oh man, this guy's lost it. But I just felt, you know, the urge to share. Um, maybe for those of you who don't um, listen or watch a podcast and chill because... Man, I love that podcast. Um, I never miss an episode. Uh, Mac G actually one of the inspirations that I had for starting a podcast. Um, because I was like, you know what? This guy, he goes on his podcast and he talks about... Because, I mean, he had, he's a person who had been in entertainment since he was like 12. So him starting a podcast and talking about the entertainment industry and the latest entertainment news... Um, And the fact that he was in radio as well, it blended in well. So before I started my sports podcast, I asked myself that, you know what? Okay, if I'm going to start a podcast, what do I love talking about? And it was a no brainer. I was like, I love talking about sports. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. And when I create this podcast, I don't want to create a podcast where I'm only talking about rugby. Yes, I love the game of rugby. Yes, the game of rugby has been a life changer in my life. You know, it's a game that, you know, um, exposed me to the world. It gave me an opportunity to travel. It gave me an opportunity to get an education. You know, I love the game, but I also love, I love sport in general because I love what sport can do for an individual. You know, me and my older sister, all the way to every time we, ha- we have a conversation and we talk about sport, she always says that, you know, she loves sports and she encourages it on her kids because she, she sees that it provides structure. You know, and those are the things I also appreciate about sports as well is the fact that they provide structure. You know, structure and discipline, and those are character traits that one can use outside of sport. you know. So anyway, back to my point. So when I started this podcast, I was like, all right, um, I want to talk sports, but not just sport. I mainly want to talk, you know, professional sports because I want to talk about the business side of professional sports, which is actually something that's also missing because um, and especially amongst us as um, as black folk, you know, when we play sport, we only just see the fun of it, you know, we only, yes, it's important to enjoy your playing days and stuff like that, but I do think that it's also important to understand the business, that when you go, a st- you know, when you go a level higher, and you're now playing at the highest level of your sport, if everyone else is making money off your sons, your uncles, you know, your fathers, then they should be making the money too, you know. And then that's why I made sure to absorb like, you know, information like listening to Undisputed, you know, Skip and Shannon, listening to Uninterrupted, um, you know, listening to The Shop, you know, LeBron James, Maverick Carter and the guests um, that they usually have on the show. So consuming sporting content like that and then also my sporting history as well. I also believe that it played a part in influencing me um, in how I go about, you know, my podcast and everything In everything that I've been able to see. Again, going back to the fact that I was fortunate to see the world through rugby. So when I talk about certain topics related to, let's say, maybe French rugby, when I talk about U.S. rugby, um, when I talk about South African rugby, when I talk about Hong Kong rugby, it's things that I've experienced firsthand, you know, and again, the smartest thing, one of the smartest things I did in playing my rugby in all these different nations is the fact that I didn't only focus on the rugby, you know, I tried to befriend other athletes in other sporting codes. Like for example, here in Japan, even though I came here for rugby, I ended up befriending people in the soccer industry, uh, befriending people in the basketball space, you know? So that really sparked my interest and it made me follow the game so much more um, and almost to the point of obsession, you know? Um, Same thing when I was in Hong Kong. I remember the first gym that we attended when we lived in uh, Mong Kok, um, I can't remember the gym's name, but anyway, when I was in that gym, you know, we met guys who were basketball players, I met soccer players, you know, and then obviously going back to South Africa, when I was at the high performance center, you know, dude, high performance center got to meet tennis players, golfers, um, again, soccer, you know, all sporting codes under the sun. So, when it came to me creating my podcast, I was like, as much as I'm going to focus on the sports that I love, but I also want to create, always want to leave room to, you know, invite people of other sporting codes so they can come on the podcast and we can have a discussion about their sporting codes as well. You know, just the other day when I was traveling back from Tokyo, um, back to my place, um, I was on the. I was, on the, I was on the train and I sat next to a fellow, you know, black guy from, he's um, European American. You know, he was born in Greece because his mom was in the military, but he ended up growing up in the States and now he lives here in Japan. The guy's a race car driver you know and i've asked him to actually come on the podcast so i'm hoping that we can have him so he can you know tell us about you know the world of racing because one thing i'm never going to do is i'm never going to you know jump on my podcast and talk about sports that i know little about i'll rather get someone who's in that industry to come in and tell us about you know the mechanics no pun intended the mechanics and the ins and outs of the industry, of the sporting industry that they are in, you know? So, yeah, man, hopefully I can get James, you know, to, to come on the podcast and tell us about the world of driving and the, you know, the, the world of semi-pro and pro driving in Japan, you know, because this is an industry I know nothing about. So it would be an honor for me to have someone, you know, to just come in and just school us and just tell people that, hey, there's this industry here in Japan, and you know, this is what it's about. You know, so it's awesome like that. So that's what led me um, to, to be like, all right, I'm going to start a sporting podcast, and I'm going to name it Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, and 79 episodes, here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right, guys, you know, it's almost 30 minutes I've been chatting, and I haven't really. Even dived into talking about the off season period, so now, as promised we're going to talk about the off season so yeah so the so the off season is um, it's one of the most critical um how can I say point in, you know point in time for an athlete's career you know because the off season is literally a time where you know if you're going through um well not actually going through but if you are suffering from niggles during the season you know because sometimes you know guys will force to play because when you don't play sometimes you could get a pay cut or your contract uh, might be cancelled well depending on where you play so sometimes guys force to play through injuries so they can you know maintain their contracts and make sure that they get paid Um, so what ends up happening is they carry niggles for the rest of the season And the off-season is the perfect time to iron those niggles out and to properly heal, you know. Um, It's one of those periods in your career that you need physically, mentally and emotionally, you know. Um, But as I'm saying, you know, on the physical part, it's to literally recover from niggles, it's to also let the body recover as well from the hits you've taken. For example, if you're playing a contact sport, um, you know, those hits, they start to pile up. <laughs> they start to pile up. Um, where you find yourself, you know, with a sore shoulder, you find yourself with a sore knee, you find yourself with sore, you know, tight hamstrings, sore groins. And trust me, no one is immune to it. You know, when you're younger... Ah, all good. When you're younger, man, ah, the recovery time is unmatched. It's unmatched, you know, because I remember a time, and this was back in the day when we were on the come up. This was uh, back in the uh, Pochastrian days um, when I was at the Rugby Institute down in Poch. Like back in those days, we were able to play a, ri- a full 80-minute rugby game in the afternoon and go out in the evening straight after, you know, especially sometimes, let's say if we play away and we're traveling down back to Poch, we get back to Poch, shower, get changed. Boom. We hit the, we hit the streets. (laughs) But man, as I got older, like into my twenties, after every single game, my desire to go out started to diminish. But obviously when I was in a place like Hong Kong, sometimes, if i especially if we if we get a win you know you try and meet the boys out for um for a night out and stuff like that but (laughs) as the years went by man it got even more difficult by the time i was nearing 30 if i play a game i wasn't going out that saturday night it would literally be um play the game have a few drinks after the game with the guys head home chill out you know that that's literally what it became um so yeah so on a physical aspect um the more hits that the body takes the more it's you start to feel it and obviously as you start to age in your career um it, it takes that it takes a toll on the body you know and then looking at it from a mental aspect again this is the one thing again that people who don't play sport don't understand that it's actually very uh, mentally draining as well you know because when you prepare to play an important fixture you know and one thing you got to know is you got to prepare yourself mentally you get you got to get yourself in that mental peak phase that you know that You're going to be playing your game at the highest level that you possibly can. You know, you're not just going to rock up, you know, and be like, all right, you know, let's start playing. No. The mental preps actually start days in advance, especially when you are about to play, like when you're reaching the playoff stages. You know, when stakes are high, I promise you, um, your mental prep, you're required to prepare mentally days in advance so that when the day eventually comes, it's almost like muscle memory for you. Everything is muscle memory. That's why when you're playing an important game, the training is more intense. The mental prep is more intense. So that when that day comes, your brain just remembers how to process everything. You know? And I promise you, when you're constantly preparing yourself mentally, it can be draining. You know? Imagine playing um, a contact sport like rugby, you know, or American football. And you can understand why these guys, you know, they're not like soccer players and other sporting codes where I mean, in basketball, guys play like, what? I think they play something close to like um, 82 games or something like that, something crazy like that. You could never do that in a contact sport. In a contact sport, you are lucky to play more than 20 games per season. I promise you, you are lucky to play more than 20 games because of how physically and mentally you know it becomes draining you know um and then obviously when while we're talking you know physically mentally and then there's also the emotional side that's draining as well because you got to remember and the emotional side this basically relates to all sporting codes remember when you're playing your sport emotions are sometimes heightened you know you're like an emotional roller coaster one time you're down the other you you know you're up and then you're down again and all of this is happening during the game <laughs> all of this is happening during the game you know so all of that you know during the season it takes its toll on you as an individual it really does take its toll so Um, That's why the off-season is a critical time. It's the time where you just, you log off, you know. And that's why most of the time, um, in most sporting codes, they'll encourage the guys that, in the off-season, travel. Travel, go, do something else that's just going to take you away from all of this. You know, because you need that reset button. You need that reboot type of thing just to go spend a couple of days man by the ocean and just lie down and relax read a book um obviously you know just increasing your um your time spent with your loved ones laugh you know for me my off seasons man i still oh man i i still love the off season period for my off seasons like when we're given a break before you got to report to training again I just used to love watching movies. Um, that's when I also started my curiosity for designing websites as well, like, wow, and I was terrible in the beginning. But my interests um, began there, you know, catching up on some reading, um, and just going to the beach, you know. I think the one place where, where I really enjoyed the downtime of off-season. Was in Hong Kong, you know. Hong Kong, they have these things called, especially in the summertime, uh, junk, um, which refers to just you getting together with a few friends and um, getting on a boat, man, and going to the ocean, going out into the ocean. So we would usually go on team junks, so or sometimes you just go on junks with friends, where you just, you know, you you have barbecues out in the ocean drinks swim around a bit and just lay there and relax you know um and then in twenty twenty fifteen, 2015 i remember the 2015 off season one of um one of my friends matthew um matthew k so he bought himself a boat you know like a little speed boat um so what we would do in the off-season, he, he had like lottery picks where where he started like a group where he would select guys that he would invite to come spend time on him. Time on him, sorry. To come spend time with him and his missus on the boat. So sometimes I think the boat could accommodate something about, I think maybe seven or eight people. I'm not sure how many people that the boat could take. But yeah, so he started like a Facebook, not Facebook, like a WhatsApp group where he would invite guys to come out. Obviously, you had to pay for gas and stuff like that. But it would be worth it, man, because Maddie used to drive out to the ocean, like you'll find a spot, swim around and just hang out, you know. Um, and then when we weren't doing that, we would sometimes just go. Um, I remember we went to Sai Wan Island um, it's got a beautiful beach where we would just you know yeah just just relax man have a few beers I still drank during those times have a few beers swim around um have lunch over there and then oh and to get to the island we would have to go by boat so we would literally catch a boat from Hong Kong Island to Sai Wan and then when we're done for the day catch a boat back from Sai Wan back to main Hong Kong Island so yeah, I think that's when I really enjoyed the downtime And you didn't have to think about um, rugby at all I mean, You were just hanging out you know, with your mates and stuff like that um, Yeah, so those are some good memories I have from, from Hong Kong And just, you know, really taking advantage of the off-season And just the, town, the, uh, the time for downtime, pretty much where else um yeah so that that's why i really enjoyed japan as well japan i did something similar as well um well yeah the, the good thing is that i moved close to the ocean so um yeah just my downtime i would just go down and just chill out you know but i mean i moved i moved full time to the ocean once i retired so every day is off season now <laughs> every day is the off season but my point that I'm trying to make is, when, um, when you're able to take advantage of um, the off-season, those are the good things to do. I know some guys, when you're younger, obviously in the off-season, you're obsessed about getting to the gym because you know no one's working out. I promise you, rest is part of training. To the young ones coming up, rest is part of training. When you have downtime, take advantage of it. Because burnout is a real thing. You know, it's a real thing. When you overwork yourself, you peak too early. And then when you're actually meant to be peaking, that's when you start burning out. You know, so resting is important. And taking advantage of making sure you recharge both. I mean, you recharge physically, mentally and emotionally. Because sport... It's taxing on all three of those counts, you know, physically, mentally and emotionally. And I guess spiritually as well, man, I think, um, I think when, you, when you travel, you know, I think that's when you actually get a lot of your spiritual awakenings because um, especially, man, in a country like Japan where it's got so many of these um, ancient things that have been preserved, you know, these shrines that have been preserved and stuff like that they really do give you some sort of spiritual awakening. And for me, I think the, um, my spiritual awakening, I experienced it more when I traveled to Kyoto. This was in 2019, yeah, Kyoto. Um, this was just before I announced to the team that I was retiring. was when I went to Kyoto and I spent all that, you know, all, all that time in those shrines um went to kinkakuji temple and stuff like that when i came back from my trip to kyoto that's when i was like okay you know i feel like i could be doing so much more um than just playing rugby and uh, yeah it was time to walk away It was time to walk away but you know in all honesty i do think physically and mentally i was drained as well you know i do believe i was drained and you gotta know when to walk away from something, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the chat for today, man. That's just the significance of the off-season period, and um, and for guys to just really embrace it and take advantage of it. Sometimes it's good to do nothing, you know, to do things that relax you. All right, all right, man. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, which is off the cuff. <laughs> um, I certainly enjoyed delivering it, um, because like I'm saying, it just it poured out of me. I just felt like I had to get it out, and that's one of the reasons why I'm grateful that I have um, this podcast as a platform to basically get out, um, you know, these things that are running through my mind that I want to talk about. Because sometimes you're like, should I post this on social media? But then you're like, nah. Fuck it. I'd rather just go to my podcast and just really get it all out. All right. So before I go, man, um, as I do before I sign out, just to thank everyone who's been supporting the podcast, you can keep supporting our podcast, man, um, by definitely getting our podcast merchandise. Um, You can also, you know, shout out to our sponsors, um, Fila UK, my protein betterhelp.com um, 365 gaming uk um, and a new mat company from germany that's also just joined us um, they're available on our agency website you can check them out as well for epic online experiences man to get the best products from these uh, brands that i've just mentioned you can um, uh, visit their online stores i'll make sure to drop the links on the podcast description or alternatively, you can actually check them out and click on their, uh, logos on our sports agency website. That is www dot M a G, um, dot That is is dot All hyphen, All right. Thank you guys for, um, for everything, man, as, uh, we're close to the end of the year, uh, one can't help, but reflect, you know, with gratitude, uh, we've made strides, you know, this year with everything, with the podcast, with our athlete social network and, uh, yeah, we keep going, man. We keep going. We take everything day by day, um, day by day, you know, these aren't bragging rights. It's just acknowledging the journey acknowledging the journey and i hope wherever you are and in the journey that you are on you are also acknowledging it and just learning to just enjoy it you know we're always so quick to arrive at the destination but really sometimes it is about enjoying the journey and i wish you well on yours and thank you for being a subscriber and listener to the podcast you can always keep listening to the podcast On all the digital platforms You know Spotify, Apple Podcasts um, Google Podcasts On our sports agency And obviously Anchor FM Alright guys I'm going to get out of here And cheers And remember Our sporting slogan man For this podcast We don't only talk sports We lived it. We effing lived it. We fucking lived it. Right. In this segment of our podcast, we actually want to talk about and promote our client and partner, Getafe, Madrid. International Football Academy. Uh, This is an academy, football academy, soccer academy that is based in Madrid, Spain. Getafe recruits players between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Players are able to learn from quality coaches from around the world, UEFA accredited and licensed coaches. Players are also afforded the opportunity to receive a quality education with the academy's partner school, Akinas American School. Right, so if players enroll with the academy and study up until they finish their diploma, they are able to obtain a diploma which is USA accredited. And when they obtain this, they are able to enroll and study at any university in the world. All right. So this is an amazing, amazing soccer opportunity for any young player who has ambitions of developing in a foreign market. Passports are open to every single individual in the world. Alright, a disclaimer about this uh, promotion is that I, as a football agent that is registered in Japan, I do not represent players under the age of 18. My relationship and partnership is with the academy. Alright, so with that being said, I will only liaise with parents or legal guardians of young players. So, for anyone listening to this and Wanting to find out more information, you can find out by going to our website, which is www.magsportsagency.net. That is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net. All right over there, all the information is displayed in terms of tuition and the application process. Obviously, before players are accepted into the academy, um, there are certain requirements that players need to meet in order to be accepted into the academy. So only being talented as being a player, that is simply not enough. This is an academy that places an emphasis, you know, um, in education as well. This is an academy that understands the importance of education as well. So what they strive to do is equip young football players with the skills they need to excel at a high level as professional soccer players, but also to have the education that is needed for life after a professional soccer career. So this is an amazing opportunity and um, I would recommend it. I definitely recommend it. Madrid is an amazing city. Spain, the Spanish winters are the best winters because they don't get as cold as the rest of Europe. And this is an amazing opportunity for a young child to develop and mature as an athlete and an individual. All right. They will gain the exposure and they will be able to basically be based in one of the cities that is considered as one of the capital soccer cities of the world You know, in the city they've got one of the biggest football soccer brands in the world in Real Madrid so if that doesn't inspire a young player I don't know what will alright so make sure you check out the website for more information and I look forward to hearing from parents and legal guardians who would like to take their child's um, football career and educational um, career to the next level. All right, take care. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right, so did you know that Sports Bears, from an agent's perspective, the podcast? Was actually parlayed from an ebook series that is available on Amazon.com. I get. I bet you. I bet you guys didn't know this, but uh, yeah, that is the case. Um, so, when I started my journey as a sports agent, I told myself that you know what, I want to document this journey as it's actually happening. All right. And then that gave me the idea that, you know what, to start an ebook series and to just basically talk about my experiences um, in sort of like an ebook series. All right. So the ebook series that um, we completed last year was season one. Four episodes of season one, where basically, guys, I talk about my journey in transitioning from being um, an athlete from being a player to actually getting into the business side of professional sports all right i've always known that i wanted to be in the, um, the business of professional sports once i stopped playing but i didn't know how all right i bet there's a lot of you know a lot of guys who are athletes or a lot of guys who are passionate about sports who actually want to become agents but they don't know how to become agents okay this is where i recommend i recommend that you get um, my sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series all right that series literally details everything man it details um, the process and it also details on how to get started um you know when you just want to open up your own shop your own agency how to prospect for clients all right And also, um, I also tell stories about the transfer window. And I also tell stories about just my life in Tokyo since I've been here, all right? Trust me, there's some epic stories that you would not want to miss that are over there. But um, all that aside, the most important information that is on there is literally about how to get started as a sports agent and just how to navigate this journey. Because I don't have a mentor. No one's mentoring me in this sports agency journey. It's literally um, through trial and error, and it's literally just, you know, taking it day by day and going by instincts. Okay? So make sure you get the ebook series, man. Sports Bears from an Agent's Perspective ebook series. All right. Um, and I wish you guys well on your journey, man. I wish you well in your agent's journey. For any agent that's looking to come into the game, or for any sports enthusiast that's looking to come into the game, I wish you nothing but luck. But make sure you get the ebook series. <laughs> just kidding, man. But yeah, I just thought I would um, tell you guys about it because a lot of guys told me that they didn't know that my podcast was parlayed from an, um, an ebook series. All right. There was even a press release. There was even like, it was also in the media as well. Um, Because my podcast has just been catching on so much popularity here in Asia and in the African continent. And then the one person just contacted me and, and was like, listen, I saw Sports Biz from an agent's perspective on Amazon. Was this a book? I was like, yep, it was first a book before I made it into a podcast. So anyway, I thought I'd share that little story. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys go out and get it. I definitely recommend it and you won't be disappointed. Many more seasons are coming as well. All right, cheers.